Hey, y'all. I'm Father Jason Emerson, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Nativity in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. You have tuned in to the Nativity Podcast, where we explore the love of God through scripture, reason, and tradition. So we're continuing our series on uh, the letter to the church in Ephesus, also known as, or generally known as Ephesians. Last week, we talked about kind of the overall structure of the book, that the first half of the book is theological statements. Theological statements are what we say about God, in word and deed, the things that we say about God. And the author of this letter, who is probably most likely Paul, does this, makes theological statements by stating what God has done, the great deeds that God has done in the first half of the book. The second half of the book are moral statements. Paul is telling folks how to live out a worthy response, a life that is a response to God's gracious and wondrous acts of love. That's kind of the overall structure. This week, we're going to focus on the middle of the first half of the letter, For you math folks, there are three chapters in the first half, and you guessed it, we're looking at chapter two this week. Now, before we get into chapter two, we need to look at the second verse of the book, because it's kind of a thesis statement in some ways. The second verse of the book is, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to articulate in the second chapter that peace comes from grace, The first uh, half of chapter 2, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, is about grace. Verse 8 and 9 say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. So this is an important understanding of grace. It's not something that we can earn, that we have the capacity to do things that will suddenly make God love us. We often have the perception that I've got to get my life right before I can approach God. And that's just not the case. It's not we, we have to become perfect and then God will love us. That's just not the way it rolls. God loves us despite the fact. Even while we are still sinners, Paul says in another letter, God loves us. So the best definition I've ever heard of grace actually came from, he was like five or six year old. This was 20 years ago. So my goodness, he's an adult now. But anyway, um, I was working summer camp and, and we were talking about grace and we said, you know, what is grace? And this little kid pipes up and it says something good that comes into our life that we don't deserve. And God's love is something that is immensely good and there's no way we can deserve it but yet it comes into our lives anyway god seeks us and loves us and that is grace from that grace we are reconciled we are reconciled to god and we can be reconciled with each other we are reconciled by the gracious act of jesus's life death and resurrection reconciliation happens because of this, the Jesus experience, the Jesus event, the entirety of it, not just his birth, not just his death, not just his resurrection, not just his ascension, but all of these things together in that uh, we are brought together, no longer Jews and Gentiles, but one people. Um, Paul gets into that explicitly in verses 11 through 22 of the second chapter, that by Jesus, 
by Jesus's immense love, by the incarnation of God as one of us, a new order is brought forward to where these distinctions between us and them fall away. So grace produces peace via reconciliation. Instead of two people, Jews and Gentiles, they're now one. This is a reminder that the church is not to be inward-oriented or worse, ingrown. Rather, we are to be about gathering people into Christ, about reconciling. The prayer book from the Episcopal Church in our catechism, it says that the mission of the church is to restore all people to unity with God and each other in Christ. Now, that doesn't always mean we need to do different activities. Rather, the spirit in which we do the activities of the church are important. As Joel Kack writes, giving special attention to children at the Lord's Supper, working together to repair the church building or the neighborhood around the church, making our dinner tables into a place where people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. These and countless other activities are always churches can be holy temples that witness to the day when there will be no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. So as we think about reconciliation, as we think about grace, as we think about peace, let us be mindful to look outward and know that we can't earn God's love, but in response to receiving God's love, the gracious act of God's forgiveness and salvation and reconciliation, we can turn out to the world and invite people into the same gracious love. And that can be done in word and deed in in an imaginable and infinite number of ways. So that concludes our podcast today. Thank you very much for joining in. If you came to the podcast via Facebook, please like, comment, and share it around. If you are a subscriber through iTunes, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. You can check out more of God's ministries through the Church of the Nativity at www.nativityfto.org. And there's a page on there where you can donate to support what God is doing through this parcel of the kingdom. I'm Father Jason reminding you that God loves you more than you can possibly imagine.